0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.
1: It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Pen15 is a show about middle school. Or I guess this might be more accurate. It's about the middle school experience you might have actually had. There's the time it's set in, for starters, the year 2000. There are plenty of songs by NSYNC and Lit and Mandy Moore. The characters wear BB tanks, Rough Riders t-shirts, UFO pants. It's a fun nostalgia trip, sort of like Ladybird, Bird, but Pen15 also digs deeper into what it means to be 12 or 13, a time in your life when a lot of kids are very, very insecure. Asking themselves questions like, why is my body changing? Or why isn't my body changing? Or why don't I have more friends? Or how am I supposed to, you know, talk to people? It's a show about kids that definitely isn't for kids. Sex and menstruation come up. We'll talk about that later in the interview. Last year, I talked with Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. They're the creators and stars of Pen15. Its second season is coming to Hulu next week, so we figured we'd replay their interview because the show is fantastic and Maya and Anna are themselves really great. As I mentioned, they're real-life best friends. And on Pen15, they play middle school-aged versions of themselves. Maya has a brutal bowl cut. Anna has braces. They're starting seventh grade at the beginning of the show and, you know, sixth grade wasn't great, but they have a pretty good feeling that this year is gonna be different.
2: I'm gonna ask you something and I want you to tell me the truth. Swear on your life. Swear. Do I look exactly the same as last year? Oh my god. I won't be mad. Oh my tell my me. God. The truth. Not at I won't all. be mad. Are you kidding me?
0: Really? Promise. What are you gonna wear tomorrow? I'm thinking like my blue shirt with um the stripes. Oh
2: my God, so cute. But
0: like, I'm also thinking of wearing a bra. Oh
2: my God, that's like really smart. You need it for
0: your nipples. Yeah, I feel like we should make a pact. So let's like, let's like do everything together. Yeah, no duh, like all our first together, like our first kiss.
2: Obviously. Yeah, no
0: duh. Deal.
2: Oh my god! Seventh grade is gonna be so amazing. It's gonna
0: be really, really
2: good.
0: It's gonna be like the best year of our lives. Shuji! Get off AOL!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maya Erskine, Anna Conkel, welcome to Bullseye. It's great to have you guys on the show. So
0: great to Thanks for, for having, having us. And
1: congratulations <laughs> on, this, on this awesome TV show that you're making. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I kind of feel like I have spent the last uh 25ish years trying to run from middle school. Mm. So how did the two of you come to embrace it so deeply?
0: I don't know if it's ever <laughs> if we'll ever fully embrace it because it's just a time of <laughs> horror, but we decided to start talking about it and sharing it um with each other. Yeah, it just was for both of us the most traumatic time, so it was
2: you know, a topic that Anna and I are very drawn to trauma, (laughs) talking about it and finding the humor in it and processing it. So uh, that was sort of where our heads just went for a long time.
1: My mother-in-law is a marriage and family therapist, and and she helped found this organization called Girl Circle, Mm. where adolescent girls get together to like work through their problems together. And emotional emotional challenges. and um she was explaining to me one day a few years ago that like one of the big problems with middle school is that because it's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, which is you know one of the most sensitive times in people's lives where the most change is happening, mm-hmm. and also because there it's such a small group of ages, there's very little social modeling so the sixth graders don't have anyone to model for and Mm. the eighth graders don't have anyone to model for them and so that basically turns it into lord of the flies (laughs) that part of it just the happenstance that in you know 1867 somebody decided to chop this three years out of the middle of (laughs) education uh means that you're just completely flying blind for those three years of your life
0: yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty strange and I think that that's, you know, where for us the humor comes from in terms of like your brain for the first time changing from child and actually like neurologically more able to process adult things that you actually couldn't before, but that you do not have the skills to cope with. So you're just pretending you're flying blind. Like you said, there's a lot of for us humor in that type of character where it's like, I know how to do this. And you don't know how to do this. Right. (laughs) You know, right. Yeah. And also the just the straddling between
2: childhood and adulthood or tweendom is like Mm -hmm. such a ripe moment for all these this pain and Mm -hmm. and uh, holding on to your childhood because you want to still be loved by your parents and you think that's the only way to be loved and yet you want to also experience sexual things but you don't know how to do that so it's just (laughs) a time of a lot of fumbling around
0: yeah a lot of mess ups
1: do the two of you have uh like a a a familiar or easy-to-access relationship with that part of your life? um, Or has it disappeared into the mists of time?
0: It feels very present for me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I think part of, you know, Maya and I became, like, real-life best friends maybe 12 years ago, and I'm realizing now how much I was drawn to her because of her honesty and um, I'm kind of the same way Mm -hmm. I think like there's an oversharing thing that can sometimes be a problem (laughs) (laughs) but it was so refreshing to me here is this woman that is like talented and funny and nice and all those things and then she's also talking about masturbation and it's funny and real and it scared me at the time too I was like oh my god she's talking about these things that other women around me at least aren't talking about and 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 it's important. But I guess I didn't even know that it was important at that time. I was just like, that's funny. And I think s- same here, except for
2: me, the way for me to deal with the shame that I had around things that I was going through at the age of 13, like masturbation and getting my period and being ashamed of that. Um, The way that I processed it was by talking about it in a funny way. And that happened in college. And when people didn't run away with disgust and throw rocks at me, I was like, oh, okay, this is okay to talk about. This works. But I still don't, I think I'm still learning to feel good about it. Like it's not like it
0: cured it uh, in a year. It's just. Yeah. And weirdly for me, I think, and this is sort of like a fateful thing, but my shame of that age with like stuff that was going on with my parents and them fighting that was a secret for me and then not feeling lovable and that all kind of began at that age and and I also like would joke about like a right. dark sense of humor would like joke about it and talk about it too much. And so there's something bonding and that mm-hmm. time kind of has been very visceral, I think, for us always.
1: Did either of you have the kind of middle school where you have to undress in front of your classmates, like in a locker room or something.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't. Where did you undress? <laughs> uh, we we had
2: bathrooms um, stalls. No, just not stalls. Actually, they were single bathrooms, and people would change at different times into their PE
0: shorts and shirts. When some when you had gym class, we didn't people... have a locker room. Oh, that's peculiar. I had I had
1: the same experience. I went to a very small middle school. Mm. The, the, con- the self-consciousness I remember about it was that it was a private school, and uh, all the other kids, I-, I was like the scholarship kid, and all the other kids, you had to buy school clothes to wear for a gym, like T-shirts and sweatshirts and sweatpants, mm. and like my parents could only afford to buy me one set of them. Oh, and all the other yeah. kids had like a broad Nine. variety right, of them. Right, <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Different <laughs> yeah. sizes. I want to go back. But that
1: either. seems way less bad than checking out who doesn't doesn't have pubes.
0: Yeah, I didn't I ne- we never got like totally naked that I can remember. <laughs> but there were <laughs> but I may have blocked it out. Um there were showers. People some people would shower, but like I was private with it. You know, I would like I was self-conscious, you know? And but I do remember wearing the rip-away pants. Um in and, and they were like knock off Adidas in gym and then like boys would pull mm. like rip them open and I remember wearing a thong for one of the first times and, and that being outed. And everyone's like, Oh and the but, teacher laughed right. too. I was like, this this is you, wrong. You get really skilled at
2: hiding or maybe you think you're skilled at hiding your body parts as you're changing because I do mm-hmm. remember I had my period and I would uh, wear um or I created my own pads with toilet paper that would be these thick books of um, paper <laughs> stashed in my underwear and I you know it would push it out low to my knees basically and so I would have to <laughs> I would have to learn how to in front of girls if we were changing at mm-hmm. a store or something hide that and you know right I think I got away with it yeah
1: <laughs> when you say you had your own homemade pads. Mm-hmm. Was that because you did not have access to other products, commercially made ones? Yeah,
2: I didn't tell my parents. And so, and I didn't tell anyone. I was so... You
1: didn't tell your parents about Aunt Flo coming to visit?
2: Nope. I hid it for a year. And then I remember telling them as if it was the first time I got it. And they took me out to dinner and, you know, gave me a necklace. I was like, the cheap one. (laughs) But I was like, thanks, guys. Yeah. When I felt prepared. But I... My mom still thinks I'm lying to this day that I lied about it. She really? thinks I'm showing off to friends when I say it. I'm like, no, I actually lied. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, We're not
1: uh, technically friends, but I'm pretty impressed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would roll, yeah, toilet paper, because um, it was just my instinct to do that. And it was a
0: good instinct. I didn't want to stick a tampon in. No. I, didn't, I wasn't ready to learn. Scary, mm-hmm. yeah. I, on the other hand, told my mom, I got my period late compared to friends. And, like, w- once a year, for, like, four years, I'd be like, I think I got it. <laughs>
2: she, <laughs> That's really funny. That needs to go in there.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I, she'd be, I'd be like, still no, still no. And then finally, I got it, and she bought me, like, special underwear at Victoria's Secret. So, there's that. Two opposite <laughs> Two experiences. Yin and, yang, yin, and yin and yang, yin and yang, yin and yang.
1: <laughs> Were either of you concerned with violence of any kind when you were in middle school
0: i mean within the schools or just in mm-hmm. general Or
1: yes or in general
0: my my parents fought a lot which is in the show um so i think i i was really used to you know a home where behind closed doors it was crazy and unhappy but the norm, and what they taught me, and and I know they feel bad about that now, is is you go to school and you confront the public with a very happy face, and if anyone asks you how how are your parents or how's you say great. But then, with that said, I did start asking to see a therapist when I was like eleven, <laughs> so Aww. I would tell my therapist, and they were yeah. supportive. Um, but that was that was the majority of of the of the biggest conflict in my life, probably.
2: I was never afraid of physical violence, just mental violence from the girls.
1: <laughs> I think that's a that's a girl thing that I didn't have to deal with as a, as a boy largely.
2: It can be pretty
0: vicious. Yeah. And complex at that age. Yeah. I'm remembering and I would I oh, I actually I was kind of like scared of violence Weirdly, like when I was in fourth, right. this, I going something. When I was in fourth grade, there was a fifth grader who told me that all the fifth graders wanted to beat me up. That's crazy. <laughs> this after-school program, which was like this woman whose house we would go to, it was really nice. And she was like, "Yeah, I, I hate to tell you this, but all the fifth graders want to beat your <laughs> Which is <kinda> <laughs> <laughs> I was so sensitive, I took it so seriously and for months (laughs) every time I just remember being in line in elementary school because you'd walk to the art class in line you'd walk to gym in line whatever like walking in line and then the 5th graders would all walk in line and in my mind they were all just like glaring at me you know (laughs) and just wanted to beat my ass
1: like a prison yard? <laughs> like a
0: prison yard, yeah. And I didn't know why, and she wouldn't tell me why, and I told my friends, like, this, this is what, I don't know why. And then eventually, months later, I brought it up again. She's like, oh, that, yeah, no, 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 my, my older sister did that to me when I was in fourth grade. I made that up. That's psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone else told me they were going <gasps> to kill me. They were going to kill me. They were going to kill me, and I was a freshman in high school if I went to prom with a certain person. That she she goes if you come to prom you better bring a grave because you're gonna die. <sighs> <laughs> wow, you got a lot of that's threats. That's you got I was of,
1: very scared of that too. I
0: mean,
2: there—that's a lot of violence in your life.
1: <laughs> that last one too also feels like a riddle of some kind. <laughs> like, how do you bring a grave exactly?
0: <laughs> Bullies can be smart. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. That's what makes them scary. Yeah, you better bring a grave. I know it's a good line. It stuck with me. Yeah. How could it not? Kudos to her.
1: (laughs) More with Pen15's Maya Erskine and Anna Konkle after a quick break. When we come back, Maya and Anna cast Richard Karn to play Maya's dad. Richard Karn, of course, you probably know as Al from Home Improvement. And they'll tell me why they wanted Al from Home Improvement for the part. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. On Facebook, there are these three brothers who love guns, say guns are overregulated, say the NRA is too quick to compromise.
0: And they're gaining more followers every day. They're very in-your-face and offensive, and by God, I love them for it. (laughs) Listen
1: now to the No Compromise podcast from NPR.
2: Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag.
1: That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. OK, and Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts your podcasts. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. They co-created and star in the show Pen15. It's a brutally honest comedy about middle school. Its second season is coming later this week to Hulu. Maya, Anna and I talked last year. Let's hear another clip from uh, Pen15, the new show from my guests, uh, Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine. So in this clip, Maya is going to ask out one of two boys that she thinks has a crush on her. Turns out they don't have a crush on her, and they just called her UGIS, which stands for the ugliest girl in school.
2: I am ugly. I'm a freaking freak.
0: Like... (laughs) I'm um, Ujust. Maya. <laughs> if Ujust means beautiful unicorn, then yeah, you 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 are you just, Then yeah, you are. No, not.
2: Nah, do yeah. you understand? Like I'm the ugliest girl in school. Do you get that in your skull? Like to love me is the biggest insult. Like that's what it means.
0: <laughs> then I guess. You know, I've been insulted the greatest. <laughs> oh,
2: poor oh, little Mai That line makes me laugh. <laughs> Which then one? I've been insulted the greatest. It's just... A, <laughs> I mean, Hannah. I mean, what, a way to take it. <laughs>
1: what's amazing about it to me is, obviously, the two of you are playing middle schoolers here, and you have to balance, as actors, as adult actors, the depth, the sincere depth of feeling that middle schoolers bring to anything mm-hmm. watching cartoons after school, anything mm-hmm. with this just painfully inelegant and ineloquent. you know, there's a there's a point in the first one where um uh, where Anna, you say to you say to Maya that she's the rainbow gel pen. Mm. and everyone else is a black or blue writing implement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's about as close as it gets to a jokey joke in the show. Right, but, yeah. But that said, like, the what's amazing about it is that it is such a deeply sincere feeling expressed s- so, poorly. so inelegantly. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. I think that something that I continue to rediscover is how not far away from that, I feel now at 31 and how I get better at faking it, essentially. I know, you know, if I slouch too much in the wrong place, like I'm going to look more insecure or I'm going to look as insecure as I feel or whatever. And and I think by the, I was really afraid of playing 13 because of it being inauthentic and feeling like a big sketch and being silly and blah, 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 and not wanting it to go that route. But by the end of going like, oh, I right or wrong, this feels very close to who I am now. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And I think that, you know, Maya and I in real life are extremely close and share just about everything there is. And so, you know, that's a huge gift to be able to act with her in the show and express you know i'm I want to protect you, and I want to be there and and vice versa. I mean, there was so many like helpful layers in the show, oh, yeah, you know,
2: without even trying for us because our friendship is so deep and mm-hmm. complex and beautiful and supportive. And yet, you know, so <laughs> just doing a scene with you, our dynamic comes through very easily, yeah, um, I feel like in each scene,
0: yeah. I agree.
1: How does it look to have adults standing next to children right? Yeah, pretending to be children? Yeah. Like, how does that look and feel? How do you address kissing? Yeah. How do you address the fact that you're probably bigger than children? Right. Like all these just regular things. So how, what have you learned about those regular things in making a season of the show?
2: I mean, I think there's also a difference with men around kids as opposed to women. So there is a slight advantage, I think, in that way of but we still had to talk at length about the scenes where, you know, because Anna, Sam and I really wanted to show middle school as it was. So that does mean kissing. That does mean sexual hookups, but we don't want to ever do that with kids or put kids in that situation, mm-hmm. of course.
0: So it and then, was... But we oh, also yeah. didn't want it to, like, just piggybacking be a sketch and have it feel like, no, this is the joke of, right. like, yeah. We wanted going, it yeah. to feel
2: real not take you out, but also keep the audience feeling safe that they're not taken out because they're worrying about the kids' safety. So um, we talked at length about different ways cinematically how to capture for example, Anna's first kiss without it feeling like a joke or, wrong. you know, wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was a risk, but doing it in close-ups and having a body double, which actually happened to be Anna's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh,
1: For the, our at-home listeners, Anna smiled fondly. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Alex
2: Samfinger. Alex Samfinger, <laughs> who <laughs> I went to high school with, and yeah. he's a brilliant creator and actor. Mm-hmm. Um that seemed to work. And I think yeah. when we go on for future seasons, if we get that look, hopefully, um, we're going to try to encounter other sexual, more advanced situations. And that's where we'll most likely either use adults in those roles or um, f- find some other way we can tackle
1: it without yeah. making
2: kids uncomfortable.
1: What about as actors? Um Like one of the things that I find most impressive about the show is that you, each of you, neither feel like you are doing a sketch comedy character nor like you are doing a, what I would broadly describe as a one-man show character. Mm. You know, that kind of thing (laughs) where you're like, take. I mean, it's it can be a remarkable type of thing, you know, anybody... Who's seen Anna Deavere Smith can right, see yeah. how remarkable Unreal. it can be Louis that Tomlin. she can transform herself yeah. with a few signifiers, almost like a caricature Totally, right. But um, but that feeling of of like uh, uh, of theatricality uh, or mannered falseness mm. um, is absent, mm-hmm. uh, and it also doesn't feel like you're just doing a bit. Um, Thank you. So Thanks. what what do you have to do as an actor? to achieve that when you're standing next to actual awkward children?
0: <laughs> I feel like so much of the work was just like they did just being in that environment and the proper clothes and the proper makeup and, you know, the extra hairs on the on the eyebrows and taking all the makeup off instead of putting it on, which is what we're so used to. So
1: have extra hairs on the eyebrows? On the
0: eyebrows. And, and mustache. my mustache. Yeah, mustache Adding hairs. mine, yeah and then we strapped our what, massive. They,
1: well, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> no still way. on those yeah, eyebrows. How do you add hairs to your eyebrows?
2: Like, uh, they're almost like, um, th- they're tiny little hairs that are cut up and with glue, sort of like how people put on false yeah. eyelashes. They would just one by one place them on our eyebrows. Our eyebrows. Yeah. And they painted my mustache, which blended well with, I grew m- like mine Groucho out as marks. well. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I have a furry face. Or I did. I don't anymore. Wink, wink. Um.
1: <laughs> Wait, like they painted your natural mustache? Like they colored your hairs to stand <laughs> no, out more? No.
2: So I had some <laughs> short stubs coming out, um, uh-huh. and then they, That are real. That are real. Okay, just clarifying. And um, and then they she used brown paint and just, you know, painted Accentuated my... Accentuated them. Yeah. Yeah. I think also, and Sam, Anna, and I approach, try to approach everything with as much honesty as possible. So uh, every scene as an actor would be approached with just... Being as honest and truthful as possible in the moment. And I think, you know, th- that is a way in to not gear towards sketch or caricature or yeah. and making I don't, fun of it.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to speak for you in saying this, but I know that, like, I felt like a hack while we were doing it. Because mm-hmm. who am I at 31 to play a 13-year-old and and honestly and authentically right. But, but I almost felt it.
2: like I was playing my own age in a way. Like I was being myself without any of Secrets. the adult uh, facade. Mm. Like it was really just our true selves. <laughs> yeah, I relate to that too. But yeah, definitely was questioning our acting at every moment.
1: I want to play another clip from Pen15. So in this clip, Maya's dad, who's played by Richard Karn, uh, tries to teach Maya how to play drums on a laundry basket. Okay. So, start playing.
2: Okay, just don't say it like that.
1: I, I didn't say it like anything.
2: Yes, you did. Can you just shut up for a second? Because I was about to play and you're messing me up.
0: Maya, just come on, calm down.
2: I am calm, Dad. I'm just trying to play for you, so can you, like, stop? Don't look at me like that. It's gonna mess me up. Look away. Don't look at the drum. Literally look at that wall over there. And listen, <laughs> okay.
0: All right, all right. I, I, I gotta stop you. Oh, You're holding the mallets my God. wrong.
2: You, you know, let me show you. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to do this. If you with can't you. play for me, how are you
0: gonna play for everyone else? I
2: don't know because not everyone's in like a professional Steely Dan cover band, Dad. And
1: they never will be if they don't know how to practice. Oh no! Not this night, because of you? Oh, fine. It's all because of me. <laughs> Fine. I I I looked at you wrong. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Shut oh. up, Maya.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: Oh, it's just it's hard to listen to, much less watch, because yeah. it reminds you of the overwhelm that you feel as oh. as an adolescent.
2: Mhm. Or if you had a sister growing up, the the whining and the tantrums. From, <laughs> I feel like a lot of uh, people on set were like like Gabe Leedman, our, our showrunner, he was like, that is, I heard all of those screams all the time growing up and mm. it's just PTSD right now.
1: <laughs> um, your parents on the show, Maya, are played by your mom. Yes. And Richard Karn. Yes. Uh, the star of Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. That is a very, two very particular acting choices. They're both wonderful on the show. They are. But I imagine that they didn't come from cattle calls.
0: No. Absolutely not. No. I read recently someone someone called it a carnaissance, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which I loved. I love it too. He's so good in it.
2: He is. That was an offer, and I'm so glad that he accepted and That's did it. That's
1: Richard Karn, mm-hmm. Richard or Karn. your mom.
2: My mom was straight your up offered too. She had to audition for the pilot presentation, and you know I made about 30 tapes with her in her living room directing her. And
1: but Maya, it, it, in outside of whether they auditioned or got offers, sure, you're making two very particular choices there <laughs> in casting yeah. your own actual parent. Yeah. And casting, you know, one of the things about being on a hit sitcom is that you carry with you this television friend uh, that everyone had for the rest of your life as a performer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, He's a very gifted actor and also a very gifted host, which is what he's done at least as much of since those days. But, um, you know, it's. You have. We were making a show set in 2000, and you cast one of the stars of Home Improvement. You know what I mean? Right.
0: I mean, I think that, you know, one he was willing to, um, we, like, begged him to come in and read for us, and he eventually did. Um, but there were two things going on where it was, like, he reminded us of Maya's real dad because we were trying to, like, recreate these memories, and then on top of that, see him in a role that we hadn't seen him in. So that as opposed to, you know, casting um, from a place of like, you we know. We didn't
2: want to stunt cast with a celebrity
0: right. just because they were a celebrity. There was something We wanted to of, cast the right person. He had...
2: Uh, there was an essence there that reminded us of my real dad. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then and then it was just like an added bonus that there was maybe mm-hmm. this nostalgic feeling with him as well that you, maybe you wouldn't be able to put your finger on. Is, that, is he reminding me of my dad? Is he reminding me of that time or whatever? And then, and then on top of that, he's just a really talented actor. And so it all lined up so serendipitously. That was a really hard part to cast. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky we got him.
1: One of my most vivid memories of middle school is... Uh, the girls in the back of a van uh, doing Seventeen Magazine quizzes with each other. <laughs> and I, we loaded up this quiz, Are You Really Best Friends? from Seventeen mm. Magazine.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> uh, so the first question is, You know that your friend's crush isn't interested in them, but they still plan on asking them out. What do you do? Your choices are, say nothing, you don't want to risk your friend getting mad at you or explain why it might just end up hurting them in the end.
0: I'd tell my friend.
2: I would tell my friend slowly but surely. Yeah. Okay. That happened to me, but they said the exact words, which was, would you go out with Maya? Hell no, that ugly b-. And she reported it back word for word.
1: <laughs> Seemed like could have used some softening.
2: Exactly. I think so.
1: <laughs> your bud wasn't invited to the biggest party of the year, but you were. You... Ask if they can come with, or refuse to go without them.
0: <laughs> this sort of happened recently. Yeah, I feel like as a kid it would have been B, and as an adult it's, it's A has to go out. Yeah.
1: As you're leaving to meet your bud for a movie, your crush calls. They want to hang with you at the arcade next door to the movie theater. You text your friend and ask if you would, if they would be chill with you bailing for your crush, or Tell your crush you already have plans.
2: I would do. C. As an adult, tell your crush you already have plans. But Sorry. as a kid, I might be
0: like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. I would do C, which is try to see if my friend would come with me to the arcade. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I don't know what that says oh. about me, but that would definitely be my I my like way.
1: Your third wheeling it all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm all about a third wheel.
1: You're hanging with your friend on the couch and the conversation dies down. So you try and think of something to say so no one gets bored or enjoy the silence. You're fine. Just chilling quietly together.
2: Enjoy the silence. We don't need to (laughs)
0: talk always.
1: (laughs) Maya, Maya and Anna, because you answered mostly with the right you're the best friend in their life. You constantly make the effort to show how much you value your friendship. You're honest with your friend and are there for the ups and downs. You both plan to make this friendship last a lifetime. So you might as well start looking at joint retirement packages.
0: Now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so amazing. That was really great. I loved wow, that. Thank you.
1: Anna and Maya, thank you so much for joining me on Bullseye. It was really nice to talk to you. And I really loved your show. Congratulations on it. Thanks
0: thank so much you so for much. having us. Yeah.
1: Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, everyone. Pen15 is a fun, moving, totally unique show. Its second season comes to Hulu September 18th. Now's a great time to binge watch the first season if you haven't seen it already. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is produced out of the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California, a city which has turned orange. Uh, and burns your lungs when you go out of doors my understanding from the new york times wire cutter is that a pretty decent substitute for an air purifier if you haven't got one is to just take an hvac filter and tape it to a box fan so that's our recommendation to anybody who doesn't have an air purifier right now here on the West Coast. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio and Jordan Cowling are our associate producers. We get help from Casey O'Brien. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by the great band The Go Team, thanks to them and their label Memphis Industries for letting us use it. You can also keep up with the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off.
0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.